Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 82 of Thyroid Nation Radio live talk show and podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of ThyroidNation.com. And I'm Tiffany Milanich of GratefulGarden.biz. And today, if we're lucky, we're going to be talking with <laughs> Dr. Carolyn Dean about magnesium and vitamins and minerals and the thyroid and adrenals. I was having a hard time calling into the show, so I am um, hoping she is not having a hard time calling into the show. So did Tiffany. So yeah. fingers yeah. crossed everything goes good. Live radio. <laughs> Crazy. And fingers crossed that anyone can listen. Yeah, <laughs> right? Oh, Today, gosh. hopefully, they don't have the same challenges that we had. Uh, Blog Talk must be having some issues this morning. <laughs> If you have missed any of the Thyroid Nation radio podcasts, you can super easily download and listen to them at your leisure while you're running, while you're driving in the car. You could have listened to it in Thanksgiving traffic. <laughs> Anywhere you can pick it up on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, just just all over, all over the place. It's fun <laughs> Did you see those to, pictures um, that I posted about the Thanksgiving traffic? It yes. had to take at least seven hours to get from Palm Springs to L.A. back home on Sunday night. Oh. <laughs> it was craziness. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, yeah, right? See, you could have listened to so many shows, right? You'd have been all That's my up. point. <laughs> oh, well, okay, Dr. It takes a long time. Yep. Dr. Dean, yes, yes, yes. Dr. Dean, um, Okay. Let's back, back, backtrack. Here we go. She I'm has been work. in back the forefront that's right, of health issues for almost 40 years. She's not only a medical doctor, but also a naturopath, herbalist, acupuncturist, nutritionist, intuitive, lecturer, consultant, author, inventor, capitalist, and purveyor of common sense, which is right up my that. alley. I love that. <laughs> I know, right? Common sense. I'm not very good with people who don't have common sense. Dr. Dean graduated from... Dalhousie? How do you say that? Dal. We'll have to something. ask her. I Medical don't know. School. Dalhousie? Yeah. Dalhousie, Dalhousie know. Medical School in 1978. Holds a medical license in California and is a graduate of the Ontario College of Naturopathic Medicine. Now the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto. She served on the Board of Governors of the CCNM for six years as well. She has authored or co-authored over 35 print books and 110 Kindle books, oh my gosh, oh my including gosh. the Magnesium Miracle, Future Health Now, uh, uh, Now, let's see, Encyclopedia, Death by Modern Medicine, Seeking Safe Solutions, The Yeast Connection in Women's Health, IBS for Dummies, IBS Cookbook for Dummies, and Hormone Balance. Oh my <laughs> goodness! I just don't I even know what to that, say. I know the Magnesium Miracle is awesome. Yeah. Right. Well, it looks like she is with us, and since we're not sure what's Yay. happening with Blog Talk, we're just going to bring her on, and let's get this thyroid nation thriving. Good morning, Dr. Dean. Can you hear us okay? Good morning, Dana and Tiffany. Good to be here. Yay. <laughs> Did you have any trouble? It worked. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, gee whiz. Did you have any, any trouble, uh, or were you able just to call in super easy? I had to call in a couple of times, but then I I, I did get in 
just fine. It's yeah. okay. I mean, we're just oh, amazed great. that it works so well 99% of the time. So, you know, <laughs> every once in a while, the Android meme has a glitch, and we just sort of say, okay, you know, you can have your fun. <laughs> right? <laughs> it was funny. Last night, I was my husband and I, um, we stream shows. You know, we don't really watch TV that much, and we just couldn't decide on anything to watch. And so we were watching Louis C.K., who's a comedian, and he was saying, I mean, technology is amazing. And, you know, he was uh, he was absolutely hilarious, but he was talking about how people get frustrated with, like, he's like, my phone. And he's like, and your phone is amazing. It does all these things in, like, milliseconds. And, like, people get so frustrated and so mad when it doesn't happen instantaneously and they have no idea what's going on with all this technology and stuff behind the mm-hmm. scenes. They're like, they just expect it to work so fast. And so that was, that was my thought this morning. I was like, oh, gosh, this blog talk radio, and I was like, oh, I just sound like one of those people he was talking about. So I just kind of rolled my shoulders and shook it out, and I was like, well, I'm just going to keep trying. So That's so true. Right? Well, let's jump right in and and get to it because we are so excited to have you here today, and, and what we're talking about is so incredibly important, and I think often just kind of gets shuffled off on the side you know, vitamins and minerals and thyroid and adrenals and all that good stuff. So we always love to start with your story. Do you have a story and how did you embark on this amazing uh, journey of of helping people be well? Yes, it, there is a story there because I was interested as a teen in health and uh, um I read everything I could on the, on the topic of nutrition and lifestyle and back then there were there really were only a handful of books. This was in the in the um, in the late 60s and I, I didn't get into the the drug world. I got into the nutrition world and um there there was really nothing I could say to people that would uh, make them understand what I was learning about. You know, people wouldn't listen to me. So when I was in um, an honors biology degree, I um, I was talking to some fellow students who just got accepted into medical school, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I already know more than these guys will ever know about what really <laughs> makes the body work. So I just marched over to the dean of uh, medicine's offices, found my high school guidance teacher there, Miss Elliot, who told me I could be an executive secretary or a nurse, so I said, no. you know, you got to make up for for uh, how you, you know, misdirected me those years ago. So anyway, right. I went into medical school the next semester because I just happened to have all the pre um, pre med courses and and thankfully I I was a few years older than most of the other students. So I just I maintained my resolve about nutrition and lifestyle, exercise, et cetera, being vitally important for health. And even though through medical school it was a complete put-down of nutrition, of chiropractors, of acupuncture, of homeopathy, you know, medicine was the only thing that could save people, and it was all about diagnosing diseases and matching drugs to those diseases. And and that was medicine. So. A lot of people um, who would might go into medicine and have some idea that they could help people. I, I mean, it was blown in the first couple of years. I, 
my um, third-year student interview when I was applying for medicine, you had to sit with with a couple of third-year medical students, and they assessed whether or not you, you know, was part of your um, your um, admission is to to sit through this interview, and they actually. Um, put on my papers that I was too idealistic, that I wouldn't make a good doctor because I was too positive about, you know, the what I could do to help people. So by that time, I'd met the dean of students, and he he appreciated me. He was a psychiatrist, so he knew the importance of a good attitude. I don't know what he knew about me, but he sort of poo-pooed their findings. So this is these are the things I learned just applying for medicine. How by third wow. year you're you're so cynical, you're so beaten down, you just have you just follow the follow the trend of like i said diagnosing disease and matching the disease symptoms up with drugs and that it at the time i thought you know i okay i'm in the forefront you know i i believe vitamins minerals nutrition exercise they're all going to be helpful and and you know in a 5 10 15 years everybody'll catch up but they never did because mm. the, the drug companies really took hold, and especially yeah. when there was um, television direct-to-consumer advertising, when that became legal in the U.S., it never became legal in Canada, which is where I did my training. But, of course, we up there they were just listening to, to American TV all the time. So the drug-to-consumer advertising shifted everything. It made drugs just so commercial so uh, people would walk into their doctor, oh, I saw this commercial, I want this drug. Doctor would write out a prescription. So it um, it just became so um, drug-oriented. Now we have all these chronic diseases, and doctors will just write out half a dozen prescriptions for heart disease when anybody presents with any aspect of heart disease. And little do they know that all these drugs make the problem worse and right. in my world it's it seems to be because all these drugs cause magnesium deficiency that's my major book is the magnesium miracle so you you come in with high blood pressure and you're given a drug for your high blood pressure when it's mainly a magnesium deficient high blood pressure from stress and not eating proper foods and not taking magnesium so then you get this diuretic that squishes, you know, the extra fluid out of your body, drains more magnesium along with potassium, etc. But nobody replaces magnesium, and then you come back for subsequent doctors' appointments. Oh, your blood pressure is still bad. We better give you some more drugs. And a few months later, oh my gosh, now you have diabetes and high cholesterol. We better give you some more drugs. Right. Uh, and little do they know that the diabetes is caused by magnesium deficiency. It's in the medical books. Nobody looks at them. Cholesterol, same thing. Magnesium controls an enzyme that either turns cholesterol production on or off instead of the statin drugs, which cause so much problem. So anyway, I, you know, that's my tangent of um, what I learned in medical school and how chronologically, historically, we have gone on such a downward spiral. And that same downward spiral of diseases treated by drugs is what causes thyroid problems. 
Okay, oh, so let me boy. just. Yeah, that was that was a <laughs> that was a really great flower field moment. But I want to jump in really quick because we I think we say it on every show, but we did just say this last week with Dr. Brady about how the commercials have us so desensitized, how they they have their disclaimer that's worse than what the symptoms are that you're having, mm-hmm. and it's it's mm-hmm. so bizarre. But um, and I also was telling uh, my sister-in-law at lunch the other day that. You know, I was kind of ranting and raving and talking and health and thyroid and this whole thing. And it's my world, so that's what I'm talking about. And and I'm saying, but by the way, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not opposed to conventional medicine. You know, I don't want you to think that I'm if I'm in a wreck and my arms hanging off that I'm going to go see a functional medicine doctor because that's not. <laughs> you know. And um, I said, you know, I just don't think that there's a a good enough blend or mix. I really think that the doctor of the future, or let's just say Dr. Carolyn Dean, who's here already, um, looks at all of the things that need to be looked at to begin with, vitamins, minerals, deficiencies, candida, you know, um, all kinds of uh, mm-hmm. things, methylation and, and you know, maybe um, acupuncture will work for some people and maybe supplements will work or maybe diet change or lifestyle. I mean, it's not always about a pill. And I have found that, I kind of understand where people are coming from because it's this perpetual cycle of, well, we're in a hurry. We've created this society that we're so used to that instant gratification that, like, they know for some things you can get a pill, and it does help. And so it's like, you know, I can see people going in going, well, okay, for instance, I had a friend message me and say, um, see, this this is my tangent. I had a friend message me and said, well, you know, I'm going to add this friend to, to this thyroid group for you. And, and we start talking and then come to find out she has nodules. But she didn't say anything about her thyroid and that she had any problems until way later in the conversation. And then then she tells me she's on Synthroid. And then she tells me that her labs are normal. And then she tells me, and I'm just thinking, okay. And then I'm like, well, how do you feel? And she's like, well, I don't know if I have any of the symptoms because I can't really tell. I'm like, it's not really about specific symptoms it's really more about how you feel like if you're not Mm -hmm. feeling good that's that's you know what it is and so she's and I could tell that it was like she's going oh no you're going to add something to my plate like now I have Uh to learn about all this stuff I can't just like take a pill or I can now I've got to learn I've got to self-advocate for myself I mean that's you I could see the frustration she's like I was just telling you how busy and stressed and stuff I am, and now you're going to add this? And I was thinking, oh, no, right? But I totally mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's my uh, my modus operandi is to, to try to simplify things. And you know, what I see in the current uh, thyroid um, world is a lot of complexity. And... Um, but first, let me let me just say that uh, the, the health chronology that that leads to chronic disease is something that I've observed. You see, I, I've been around since the the mid '70s with my well, even before that, like I said, by studying nutrition and nutrients. So I've been at this for 50 years, and wow. I have I have watched the progression of how people have gotten ill. And a lot of the current 
authors and doctors who are talking about chronic disease and treating it, they're just at the end of it. So they don't see the chronology. I've been, I tell people I've been around since before chronic fatigue syndrome, before fibromyalgia, before AIDS. So I watched it happen. And, and the health chronology that I lay out, and I'll try to be quick about this, but it's, it's quite instructive. Like, Why do people get so sick? Okay, you can start with diaper rash caused by yeast, treated with cortisone creams, which is, causes more yeast problems, childhood ear infections mm-hmm. that can begin at birth as a yeast infection picked up during a vaginal delivery, treated with antibiotics, causing more yeast. These ear infections can become chronic, requiring multiple courses of antibiotics, leading to diarrhea and intestinal yeast infections. So there's your yeast overgrowth symptom right there. Anesthetics used in surgery to place tubes in the ears, that's more toxicity. Colic can develop due to the antibiotics, so then there's inability to digest milk due to the irritated bowel. You know, you can see the scenario, and you know it happens to, you know, either you or me or your clients, and, you know, in your consultations, you hear this. So you're getting your gas and bloating from not being able to digest milk and we know breast milk is the best and yet we you know i remember having a big argument in medical school first year where a doctor tried to say the bottle formula was better than breast milk and i pulled out a study and i said no that's been disproven he called me bubbles and said i was oh getting emotional God. bubbles oh my and God. then he had he had to apologize in the next uh, session because he'd, he'd read the study. I mean, this is what it was like. So then what's ha- what happens to these kids? They get eczema, aggravated by food sensitivity because their gut is all irritated um, by the antibiotics again. Develop, they develop allergies, especially the yeast, wheat, and dairy. And what what did we do back then? We just told people to avoid, avoid, avoid. We had people on so few foods, it was ridiculous. Then there's the asthma, which could be an environmental or magnesium deficiency. The colds and flus, all mistreated with antibiotics. All the vaccines that the kids started to get back when I was young. Annual flu vaccines still containing mercury preservative. And then the cravings for sweets, and this was around the time when both parents started to work, work outside the home, too, so kids were just placated with a lot of sweets, and a lot of processed food came out. I mean, the the cultural um, zeitgeist at the time just matched, uh, you know, this downward spiral. Uh, we were still using the mercury amalgams totally back then and all that Mercury vapor acted like a strong antibiotic. Uh, People were treated for their allergies with allergy shots, antihistamines, and a lot of cortisone sprays. Um, Then you had the antibiotics for acne, and then the mononucleosis became big. Um, Birth control pills in girls started um in pregnancy a lot of uh, vaginal yeast infections and like i said kids being born with ear infections i mean it's it it sounds it's overwhelming but i tell you that the clients and now customers i have they've gone through all this their irritable bowel is from 
all this irritation from the medications and yeast, chronic sinus infections. I mean, the Mayo Clinic says 97% are fungal, but yet we keep treating them with antibiotics. And then the hypothyroidism. And what what I see there, and, you know, there's more to my downward spiral, but to jump over to hypothyroidism, you know, what... What we're being told in, in some of the recent uh, books on the subject, Isabella Wentz's book and Amy Myers, you know, they're saying it's it's all these things all together are associated with thyroid, but they imply that it's all about the thyroid. Um, Wentz talks about just a sidebar on minerals. She says that since iodine was added to table salt, the instance of Hashimoto's thyroiditis has escalated. And we know that um, the vast uh, majority of people with hypothyroidism, they started out as Hashimoto's. And so she's saying this um, uh, iodine salt was, was the, you know, one of the causes. And it may, yeah, it certainly may be. And the reason isn't just because iodine, quote, is bad for you. And that's what the person everybody got. You know, any doctor you go, medical doctor you go to and you say, I have thyroid problems, can I take iodine? Oh, no, no, it'll make you worse. Well, the reason right. is that iodine will stimulate a certain certain biochemical pathway. But if you don't have selenium, and a total of nine different minerals, then that pathway gets jammed up and starts causing problems. So that's where my mineral intervention comes from in terms of um, in terms of the thyroid. And and to illustrate that point, what what I um, gleaned from first uh, Wentz's book, Isabella Wentz, is in her health story. Um, to me, it, I say in, in an e-book I'm writing called Remineralize Your Thyroid, to me, her story is a blow-by-blow description of someone with magnesium escalating to mineral, magnesium deficiency, escalating to mineral deficiency, getting sicker and sicker until finally her thyroid has come back abnormal as the end stage of a total body meltdown. That's what I see it as. Whereas all those other symptoms she had, nobody was able to put a test to them. The final, you know, at the end of the downward spiral, the only test that came back was, was uh, abnormal thyroid. So the other thing is she also suffered from all the symptoms of yeast overgrowth, which I say cross-reacts uh, with thyroid tissue, the toxins from yeast, there's 178 of them, and it's been proven that yeast, some of these yeast toxins can cross-react with different um, tissues in the body. And this cross-reaction with thyroid tissue can cause Hashimoto's. And so she was probably suffering from Hashimoto's from the beginning, but her test didn't show up and for many years. But in the meantime, she was developing all these associated symptoms. She she lists them as feeling chronically stressed out. To me, that's magnesium deficiency. Chronic fatigue for seven years, that's magnesium deficiency and yeast overgrowth. Um, being startled when someone walked into her office, magnesium deficiency causing adrenal 
uh, irritation, adrenal triggering of adrenaline. Uh, she was a light sleeper, and that's magnesium deficiency, full of nervous energy, sweaty palms, heart pounding, magnesium deficiency, and irritated adrenal. So it just goes on and on and on. Everything she talks about is not just hypothyroidism. Um, it is this progression a cascade. of cascade. Yeah, a cascade per- perfect things. word. Yeah. yeah. But then... You know, the the problem when when you don't realize it's this cascade and the minerals are and yeast could be at the basis of most of what's going on, then you just turn to oh it's it's thyroid. Oh, I had thyroid problems all along. What do I need for my thyroid? Oh, I need hormone replacement therapy. So even the alternative doctors, that's all they can they can focus on is, well, instead of synthetic, we'll use natural. So, you know, we're doing a lot better. But they've all forgotten or ignored or haven't realized this whole mineral cascade. And then what they do about all these other, um, the the cascade of the deficiencies in uh, the yeast is then they sort of say all oh, these are all associated symptoms of the thyroid so so you have to go on the gluten-free diet and and uh, Isabella talks about treating the yeast and and they do finally get around to it but it to me it makes it it complexifies it so much and it's like um, you were saying about the person said don't tell me you know to do one more thing because you see even when they're on their synthetic thyroid or even their natural thyroid if they're still magnesium deficient they have no energy they do not have any energy to take right. care of their health so they will succumb to just just taking a drug so right i rest my case and i you know what <laughs> you, you know? summed up literally 50 years you know dana and i always pm with each other throughout the the show but you summed mm-hmm. up 50 years of gut insults in, in a, you know, what, five minutes? I mean, Dan and I were just <laughs> like, it's so true. And you basically described my entire childhood. I had multiple ah. ear infections, lots of antibiotics. You know, I mean, just it, mm-hmm. was, it was craziness. And I look back on it now and I think just, oh, my gosh, I mean, you know, uh, I was grateful that Mm -hmm. my mom at least left my tonsils in, you know, because I know that was a a consistent, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to pull out our tonsils, it's our tonsils, it's our tonsils. And my mom was like, we're not taking out anything. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that. Thanks, Mom. But um, just I had so many antibiotics, I can't even tell you. And I was sick monthly. I was sick monthly with ear infections and bronchitis and just all of these um you know different things i can i can smell amoxicillin the pink <laughs> the mm-hmm. pink amoxicillin you know but i wasn't breastfed i was addicted I had, to spray. spray i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't breathe without you know doing this nasal spray and it was it was yeast and when i gave up uh, sugar wheat and dairy that cleared up yeah it's um wow. yeah it's See, what what helps is when people know, oh, okay, so that's it. Because, you know, when someone says, 
all of a sudden I develop thyroid problems, then they think it's something that hits them out of the blue uh, over which they have no control. And then, as I said, you know, when people are, are told, well, you, you've had thyroid problems all these years, take these thyroid hormones and then spend the rest of your, of your life cleaning up the, the dozen related uh, symptoms and, and still never addressing the, horm- the, the, the mineral aspect of the hormones and the fact that, that it's an end stage when you say, well, my thyroid is so punked out, I need th- thyroid hormone replacement therapy. And, and you know, I stumbled upon this, um, this whole um, multiple mineral business and the need for all these minerals when, when I was working on magnesium first and then when I developed a magnesium product that's um, therapeutic, no laxative effect, it's it's ionized, stabilized ions that are well absorbed, and I saw how therapeutic it it was. I realized, oh my gosh, I have to do that with the other minerals that are being so depleted. We have no minerals in the soil anymore, and right. there has been research on magnesium. There's, you know, there's a fair amount of research on selenium, zinc. They're two minerals that are very deficient, but all of them are deficient. And right. when I came upon the the research about, you know, boron and how important that is for the thyroid and molybdenum and copper and chromium and manganese, you know, all of them are necessary. And, you know, to tell pe- people, well, go out and get all these nine minerals, take nine different bottles of minerals, you know, that's that's right. going to freak them out as well. So. Right. I developed a um, multiple mineral that ha- it's got 12 minerals all in ionic form that can be easily absorbed because the whole thing that we've we've mistaken in nutrition is our the nutrients we're giving people being absorbed and for the most part they're not. I mean, I can tell you stories of clients who've come to me one woman was on 300 to 500 nutrient supplements every day, swallowing wow. hundreds of little pills every day. And they're probably inferior forms and horrible, you know, mm-hmm. fillers and just, I mean, so many supplements yeah. are just yeah. junk. They can be just expensive yeah. junk. And not just junk, but right. also problematic. You know, when people are crisscrossing, <laughs> I see that all the time where people are, crisscrossing supplements and they're taking too much of things that are really, you know, fairly dangerous to take and they don't even realize it, you know, because they're taking so mm-hmm. many different pill bottles. Well, you know, I just, I, the thing, yeah, I, I, I just have to say about danger though, Dan, is it Dana or Tiffany? No, that's Tiffany. Uh, well, it's Dana and that's Tiffany. I'm Dana, Dana. yes. Okay. Dana's the one with the I never know, and I'm the loud one. How to, oh, <laughs> Okay, Dana, Um, they're not dangerous. Nutrients are not dangerous. There's never been any deaths uh, from nutrients. You know, if they say there's been, you know, death by nutrients, it was a a tryptophan uh, batch out of Japan when they used a genetically modified uh, ingredient that caused problems. And, And the whole medical world always focuses on that as nutrients are dangerous. But... I guess you know oh, so it, not it, even selenium the danger, and stuff like that. 
Well, the danger is um, when people take tons of something thinking it's going to be helpful or when, yeah, when a company uses the wrong formula, form of a, of a mineral. So, yeah, you just have to be careful of what, what you're taking. And um, anyway, back to the whole business of mineralizing your body, your thyroid, it's it's something that's not just about knowing what the minerals do, but but using um, using minerals that really work. And I would say it would be great if people could do this through their food, but um, the problem is you can't anymore because the food supply has been so right. diminished by well, the, and the soil fact that not being is, replaced. Right, and medicine has become mm-hmm. so phobic on natural salts, even though they really have never studied salt in its Mm -hmm. true form with all of the minerals and everything. But I think, don't you think, Mm -hmm. even especially with with everybody being so uh, uneducated on on salt even, that's making things worse as well. Oh, yeah. I have have big discussions all the time on my radio show with people who say, well, you tell us to – to take sea salt every day in our drinking water, and my doctor says I can't have any salt. So it becomes a big discussion about sea salt with its, you know, 72 different minerals is a far cry from sodium chloride, which is just sodium. And, uh, yeah, doctors don't educate themselves on sea salt, and they'll say, well, there's no, right. there's no studies to prove that sea salt is, is any different from sodium chloride. So it just that's where the common sense comes in, where, you know, you look at the, at the history of um, humans and animal husbandry where they had to give the animals salt licks uh, in order to keep them healthy. If animals couldn't get a hold of sea salt, they sickened and died. There's a lot of um, research about magnesium, too. Uh, A doctor, uh, no, I think he was um, mainly a farmer, Vosin, V-O-I-S-I-N. I I write about him in my Magnesium Miracle book. He proved that um, grass tetany in animals where they staggered and had spasms and seizures was due to low magnesium in the grass they were eating. Wow. So there there's wow. a lot of precedent to you know, to the, the need for minerals in the soil, minerals in the water supply. Forget that. We've we've had to filter our water to such an extent there's no minerals in our water anymore. And that's another reason why I talk about sea salt in your drinking water. Oh my gosh! You know, I know. Let's, let's let me ask you a question. So, do you believe that a properly mineralized body can pretty much control candida? Can can eat anything? Is that the premise, Doctor Dean? Or if the body has enough nutrients? Um. I would like to say that I know with the the proper minerals you can you can build thyroid and get back your um, your hormones. I've had a number of people who've been able to take um, uh, 
take themselves off their thyroid medication when they they take the ionic minerals for their thyroid. So I know the thyroid can come back, even though we say, you know, once you take thyroid hormones, it suppresses your thyroid. No, the tissue is still there. As for yeast, you know, that is, that's a big concern because um, stress encourages yeast overgrowth. You know, any carbohydrates can feed it. Um, I'm working on something to, to, balance the or the intestinal organisms uh, for years i i've used um a yeast detox of psyllium seed bentonite clay and liquid caprylic acid that's helpful to control yeast but you know people have to keep doing it so there's there are things that are missing and uh, it's there's got to be a simpler solution but so while um while people take their minerals, I still think they have to look at their their diet and not feed sure. the yeast. Uh, so it's um, it's an ongoing so are you, process. Are mm-hmm. you a no gluten proponent for for thyroid issues? I mean, there's so many yes. people. You know, with, there's so many situations right. that we with thyroid disorders, you know, we have to dance with, and there's so many opinions mm-hmm. out there. You know, no iodine. Iodine, lots of iodine. No gluten. You know, gluten free. Yes. You know, no sugar, yes. no yes. dairy. Yes. No. I mean, it's just like you get so bombarded. So, are there things that you specifically say to your thyroid patients? And I know your thyroid patients get you know everything properly ruled out: nutrient deficiencies and mm-hmm. candida and Epstein Barr and all mm-hmm. of these parasites and different things that can be the origin of Hashimoto's and hypothyroidism, but are there a few that you say, listen, you just cannot do this? Right. Well, it's kind of a layering where um, I do start with magnesium. I mean, that is with everybody, and, and I am trying to make it um, kind of a an arrow to, to uh, the magnesium, you know, start here. And then there's a little progression. And just try to keep it to a a few nutrients because what happens, as I mentioned earlier, if you're getting good therapeutic amounts of magnesium, you start feeling much better. And then if your symptoms of uh, insomnia are being treated with enough magnesium, you're rested. And so you're able to cope. You're not fatigued. You're not... Uh, overstimulating your adrenal glands just to keep yourself going. So I start with magnesium, and then I I see what well okay what what remains, and then I you know I pretty quickly move to the multiple minerals to support the thyroid and you know the zinc for the immune system the the um, well sodium in the sea salt and zinc and magnesium for the adrenal gland. So everything's being supported all together and if the immune system is uh, helping to take care of the underlying viral activity in the body see all these things they will uh, all these things meaning viruses and parasites and and yeast overgrowth they'll happen in a 
a weakened body, a weakened immune system. And I learned this when I I was in um, New York in the early 90s working with AIDS, you know, right in the beginning of the epidemic. We were doing natural therapies for AIDS, and we would do the, the blood testing and look at all the viral parasitic panels um, of these folks, and everybody had everything. And that's what's coming up now in, in a lot of these thyroid books, or you'll see books, oh, it's all about Epstein-Barr. I mean, as I said, you know, I've been around for 50 years. We went through that. We went through that back in the early 90s with, with AIDS and in the beginning of chronic fatigue. We were looking for the factors. We did all the T-cell testing in chronic fatigue patients, and, yes, they had low T-cells. So we know sick and weakened people will have the possibility of having every infection in the book. So, But you don't go after each infection and say, oh, well, this needs an antibiotic. Oh, take an antiviral here. Oh, here you need an antiparasitic. So no. you're saying you to, the body. to backpedal beyond that, so to backpedal beyond mm-hmm. all those things and saying mm-hmm. that the nutrient deficiencies, the vitamin and mineral deficiencies is what created the weakness in the first place. Is that correct? Would that be a fair statement? That's um, a fair statement, and, you know, maybe 60, 65% of it. The other is the, is the yeast itself seems to the have a life itself. of its own. And um, my frustration and so with did the uh, yeast, yeast be- did, the, did the yeast come out of the antibiotics and the gut weakening and and all of that. How did we get this pandemic of yeast overgrowth? I know you explained, you know, of course, with food, everyone can say sugar, too much sugars, too many carbohydrates, too much bread, too much alcohol, too much all these things. But how is there another reason that you feel besides the antibiotics and the food system, is there another reason that we ended up in that yeast overgrowth? Well, it's like we were saying earlier in the downward spiral. It's um, kids, uh, infants are born with yeast from their mother, and then they have yeast ear infections, get antibiotics. So it's antibiotics from birth. So it's antibiotics, and then that's um, further um, morphed by um, by the high sugar diet. So you can't say it's any one thing. And again, that's where allopathic medicine has done us a disservice by trying to say, oh, there's one there's one cause. Right. What's the one cause so that they can treat it with a drug? And they've never been able to treat yeast because you have to do diet. Multiple You have to do (laughs) probiotics. You know, you have to look at the whole picture until, you know, we we find something for balancing the whole system. So, yes, it's it's the mineral deficiency, the yeast overgrowth, and then, um, you know, the, the... it spirals out of control. But, but again, I really feel and I, I get feedback from people that for them to know, oh, it, okay, mineral deficiency, yeast overgrowth. Okay, as you said, you pull back to, okay, if that's a basic cause and I weaken my immune system and then everything else dumped on me, then, you know, yeah, let's pull back and, and deal with those two things and, and watch my body improve. Okay, awesome. So let's now that we've identified the origin and the epidemic and the pandemic and just gee whiz, I mean it's 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 overwhelming, honestly. Let's talk mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Dr. Dean's favorite 
do you like to magnesium test, proper magnesium test and proper candida test? What can we do to identify we have a big originating problem? Let's leave the Hashimoto's and the hypothyroidism on the side. What testing do you think is mandatory for those two specific problems, magnesium deficiency and candida? Well, I don't. I really don't trust testing. Um, okay, and that, that's testing, part of your answer too. <laughs> so that's what we want to yeah. know. What? How does Dr. Dean get to this with her patients? <laughs> well, with um, with yeast, I did have a lab for a couple of years looking for for um, yeast antibodies and also food uh, allergy antibodies, and I just found that the Dr. Crook's uh, yeast questionnaire you can find online. Uh, the, the static website for that is yeastconnection.com. You fill out Dr. Crook's yeast questionnaire, and, and you'll know that, oh, okay, I must have some yeast. And then you follow a yeast-free diet, take a probiotic. I like a soil-based probiotics. Do some antifungal foods like garlic and onions as much, you know, things that you can tolerate. So you're working on your yeast there. The questionnaire, the blood tests, what do they show? Everybody's got yeast. Everybody has yeast. Everybody's got yeast. And you don't know even when they say, oh, well, it's high levels of yeast antibodies. Well, okay, well, my high level may be your low level. So um, rather, and like I said, I I followed the test for a couple. We love that answer. Mm. We love that answer, Dr. Okay. (laughs) No expensive testing. We love that. (laughs) Now, how about magnesium? Uh, Well, you know, this is why doctors don't understand the importance of magnesium because there's no good blood test that they're familiar Mm. with. Um, They use a serum magnesium test. Only 1% of the total body magnesium lies in the serum. So, you know, you put that dipstick into into the serum and it is always going to look good because the magnesium has to keep the heart muscle functioning properly. You know, and when it can be pulling from is... multiple other places. Mm-hmm. Now, lots of people say, exactly. you know, no serum magnesium. What about red blood cell, the RBC magnesium? Any any worth yeah, of that? Yeah, I test? started. It's a help um, as long as I educate people to know that it's not as um, accurate as an ionized magnesium test. You want to know what your magnesium ions are doing, and that, but that's a research test, and we've never been able to get it into the public. So the magnesium RBC test, it, it takes a magnesium out of red blood cells, you can do that on your own because your doctor isn't even going to know about it unless you educate them. And at requestatest.com, you can get that test for $49, which uh, in my world, you know, it's less than a copay to go and ask your doctor to do it. So, can you um, repeat that, that site, test, though, Dr. Dean? What was that red blood cell uh, magnesium? Yeah. Red blood, um, magnesium RBC at requestatest.com. And you can get free tests, not free. You can get tests there without a doctor's prescription. So it does help people take more responsibility for their health. But the whole, the big caveat for doing um, the magnesium RBC blood test is 80% of the population is deficient. That's why I almost say, look, 
just take magnesium and see how you feel. It's such a safe nutrient to take um, because when the levels come back, they will be a manifestation of the sick population. All that um, a, a blood level range will show you is who who comes into that lab and what their values are. And it puts, puts you on a bell curve of if you're average or lower than the population or higher than the population. You want to be higher than the population. You want to be 80 percent um, percentile, 80th percentile on your magnesium levels, which means okay. if the range is 4.2 to 6.8, I tell people you want to be 6.0 to 6.5, whereas a doctor will say you're four, you're 4.2. What are you worried about? Right. Your magnesium levels right. are fine, and there you are. You know, there you are twitching, having a panic attack. Your heart is palpitating. You don't sleep, and they're saying you're fine, and you know that nothing can be more frustrating. So a quick okay, question what about for you. Hair? So that was teaching mineral analysis test. Hair mineral analysis test? Yes. Yes. Um, what about that? Studied them when I was in naturopathic school. I don't trust them. Uh, it's a test that shows what was happening to you three months ago. Uh, you can have a, a level on a test. and in, I mean, unless I think unless you're almost psychic intuitive, it's hard to uh, analyze those tests because... You can have, uh, and we realize this in the autistic community, you can have low levels of mercury in a hair test and uh, a child obviously has mercury poisoning. And the low levels, um, they'll say, oh, well, the, the mercury is sequestered in the cells. It's not coming out into the hair. Or you can have high levels and then they'll say, oh, yeah, the body's eliminating the mercury. There, there's no standardization of what, what's really going on with hair mineral analysis. It may be good to find um, heavy metals and, and, you know, do an appropriate yet gentle Cleansing, I don't really believe in IV chelation anyway, it's either, because it pulls out minerals as well as heavy metals. But, Ooh, um, interesting. No, I don't, I don't trust your point. Three months ago. I mean, how, how do they know what's happening at your, your root hair when, you know, you're cutting? You see my point. So uh, yes, you're treating, you know, in the rear view mirror and you're not even looking at what's happening. And then when um, practitioners, usually it's not medical people who are doing these hair tests, when they treat, they're using non-absorbing vitamins and minerals. I've had people tell me, well, you know, my calcium was low on my hair mineral test and I started taking 2,000 milligrams of calcium a day and I got worse. Yeah, calcium is only 4% absorbed, so you're precipitating calcium all over the body. You're neutralizing your magnesium and making your symptoms worse. And then you don't know what's happening acutely at the moment and your hair analysis you do that day just tells you what happened three months previously okay thank you good point great point okay. i mean it sounds so obvious it sounds so obvious right three months ago but you know it, you hear all things <laughs> you read all kinds of things and so it's just nice to have someone kind of spell out uh you know your thoughts on it so thank you well testing let me just interject this about testing when 
when medical doctors started getting into the natural medicine field, they brought their mm, gung-ho, heroic medical principles with them. You know, let's do all <laughs> kinds of testing. Let's find out what's really going on. We have no idea what what our genius body is doing. And yet we, you know, we have the hubris to think that we can figure it all out. And the worst of it is the the genetic testing now. The the genetic the genome project failed miserably because uh, researchers wanted to find all the genes in the body, and then they they'd snip out the gene right. that was causing the problem and cure. And it's never happened. You know, they they um, estimated there'd be a hundred thousand genes, so that would take you know that would do everything in the body. They only found twenty three thousand genes, and then they had to really you know swallow a lot of. <laughs> A lot of right. guilt because, you know, they led people down this garden path. And, and what's happened now, you have public genetic testing that's telling people, oh, here are your top 100 gene mutations. Right. And, and Which is great, what are you going to do, do with, with that? that? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Now you exactly. Know, now so it's totally scary, scary. Do with it. Yeah, 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 it's very right. scary. I, and I this MTHFR business that's, so huge now if you look at the this um, you know enzyme that methylates you know that whole problem a lot of it has to do with magnesium deficiency that that turns that uh, gene off that is supposed to make that enzyme now you know i that's a huge a huge um, area to get into but um, it has to do with yeast overgrowth. It has to do with magnesium deficiency, probably other mineral deficiencies. And I just tell people I have a I have a methylated uh, B vitamin in my gentle detox uh, capsule that I I recommend to people while they're saturating their body with magnesium and the other minerals, so that again our genius body can get the building blocks to take care of itself instead of us trying to manipulate everything and. And, you know, scaring the heck out of us. I study um, a, med- a medical modality called uh, total biology. Total biology is the conflict basis of disease. The mo- if you have a conflict, your body will try to treat the conflict by putting put, putting some sort of physicality on it. It'll it'll try to boost breast tissue if if um, your child is ill boost breast tissue to nurture the child. And what do we call excess breast tissue but cancer? So we, there's, I mean, that's a whole other huge area, but the body is always trying to fix the problem. So if we feel we have a conflict, like being told you have 100 gene mutations, then you, you, your, your brain just goes into spasm. You know, well, what are you supposed to do right. with that? So. They're, the diagnostic well, it is brilliant. conflict. You know, I, I always mm-hmm. I always say it is brilliant when, particularly in thyroid, mm-hmm. and I think about this all the time, Doctor Dean. So do I. That so do when, I. When when you get hypothyroidism, when you get diabetes, when you get all these different things, the body slows the metabolism on purpose. It's trying to keep you safe. So I often mm-hmm. wonder <laughs> when we take that pill. And we ramp it up because um. we still have to function, still have to get kids to school, still have to dinner, la, 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 la. 
we're we're basically trumping the body saying, I need to slow down. I have to slow mm-hmm. down. It's imperative that I slow down. I think about that mm-hmm. all the time, this dynamic system. And we're basically telling our own bodies, shh, let's not worry about that right now. i got things to right. do. So I'm going to take this pill. Uh-huh. I'm going to make me go like mm-hmm. Roger Rabbit, and you just need to wait. And the body says, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to wait, but you're not going to like what we're going to see from the waiting game. <laughs> I right. think about that yeah, all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's all what's the reason. There's a reason for the way the body works. And, you know, what we say in um, in total biology is the thyroid does deal with time. And if there's something that you, you have to slow down your world for whatever reason, then you trigger the thyroid to slow down. If you have to speed up your world for whatever reason, then your thyroid picks up. So, yeah, it, it's under our control and we just don't know it. We, you know, th- those are not things that we've ever been taught. And it's, it's a real detriment. So let's talk about magnesium is one of the most, predominant nutrients we are supposed to be consuming. Most people don't. The soil doesn't have it. So when it comes to supplementation, is there a form? Is there an amount? Is there a magic form and a magic amount that Dr. Dean says, <laughs> listen, don't worry about the test. Try this and see how you feel. Yes, and I've been meaning to say this right from the beginning. I didn't want to interrupt. Please call me Carolyn. I don't know who okay. you're talking to when you keep saying Dr. Dean. I got you. Okay, Carolyn. <laughs> um, well, what to, my story on uh, on magnesium is that uh, when I, when Random House asked me to write the Magnesium Miracle book, I didn't realize that I was a huge magnesium deficiency sufferer. I living in New York, you know, I was under a lot of stress. I had heart palpitations, leg cramps, insomnia, tre- uh, uh, shoulder pain, you know, working at the computer all the time. So uh, when I realized I was magnesium deficient, I tried to find a magnesium that would work for me and my symptoms, and I would get the laxative effect even with one dose of all these pills and powders. And over the years, and you know, I started writing that book in the late 90s. So over the years, I kept trying to find something that worked. I tried to get a, um, magnesium companies to research a non-laxative magnesium. And, and they said, no, it's too expensive. It'll be too expensive to produce, and it'll require too much education. So finally I said, well, I'll have to do it myself. And... And what I've realized, because I, I did create a magnesium called Remag, and um, what's happened is it's been able to be used by people who've had so much uh, diarrhea from magnesium that they had to be on IV magnesium for their magnesium deficiency symptoms. It's been so helpful for people who've been on half a dozen drugs for their heart which is constantly causing magnesium deficiency, they've finally been able to catch up on their magnesium stores and actually wean themselves off all their heart drugs. 
So it, it's really revolutionized the whole magnesium therapy world where people are able to get enough magnesium to take care of magnesium deficiency symptoms. Because what, what happens, you know, especially when you just take the magnesium oxide, which is only 4% absorbed, it's totally laxative. And people will say, oh, I can't take magnesium or, or I must, I don't need it, you know, because, um, one of the things about magnesium, I'm sure you've heard, is when you get the laxative effect, you have, you're saturated, so you don't need any more. So magnesium therapy is just coming, you know, coming into its own now so that people are able to take it for, you know, 80% of their, their symptoms are, are removed when you, you take magnesium, then you add the other minerals, and then you don't have to go to the 300 or 500 nutrients to try to, to beat back symptoms, which are basically mineral deficiency right. symptoms. How about glycinate? What, what do you feel about glycinate? Well, magnesium glycinate was one of the, um, I guess, one of the first uh, magnesiums that they said was non-laxative. And it may be for some people, I mean, more than half the country is constipated so they're not going to notice if something's a bit laxative but you know for me and for people who have IBS or sensitive bowel or yeast overgrowth or irritated intestines for me one one tablet of magnesium glycinate is all that I need to cause diarrhea and then when you look at the dosages on these tablets I mean they talk about magnesium taurate being good well you know it it's only um, gosh, hundred milligrams per in a lot of these tablets. I needed twelve hundred milligrams in the beginning of uh, you know getting my magnesium saturation. Twelve hundred milligrams—that's twelve pills. I couldn't even get past one pill. So I mean, it 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 is um, it's uh, maybe a small population. I don't know. I know I have you know, tens of thousands of people who tell me that um, it's working for them and, it, you know, whereas other magnesiums didn't. So it's meeting a need to be able to get a magnesium that's a stabilized ion that doesn't get bound up with something else in the body and make it hard for it to, to get into the cells. It's just um, It's just physiology. The cell mineral ion channels are tiny 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 they'll just let these ions in so if you can stabilize the ions of of the minerals of of magnesium then the ions have a chance of being completely absorbed at the cellular level when you get your ions inside the cell then water follows water follows minerals and so your cells get hydrated. People people tell me when they take their sea salt, their remag, and their remite, they no longer get up at night to urinate because the water is in the cells where it should be. And you know, it's not it's no longer you're drinking a glass of water and then you urinate out a glass of water. No. That right. water is going inside the cells. It's it's going through the hundreds of biochemical reactions. Magnesium alone is uh, involved with 700 to 800 different biochemical processes. So 
there's so much going on in the cell, so that water, the H2O, breaks down, you know, creates the hydrogen, the oxygen, they do their thing, so the water gets dispersed. You're, you're urinating less out than you're putting in, so you know the body is working. It's all about cell hydration and getting the, the water out of the tissues and into the cells. I know. Okay. <laughs> well, but we have two two specific questions to ask you. One is Dana. One is me. We're we're going on the the wee bit personal side. So, have you ever okay. heard of anybody getting tired from magnesium? Oh yeah, absolutely. I cover okay. that in. Um, in all my books and and online you can find oh what is it when magnesium makes me worse and it doesn't really make you worse but what it does is um, magnesium starts revving up those seven eight hundred enzyme processes and so your body gets distracted dealing with um, with those things uh, escalating and it appears like you're tired because you know other things are happening. I'm right. not explaining that as well as I could, but so it's does like, that eventually um, go away? I mean, do you have to kind of wait through mm-hmm. that period, or are there co-nutrients kind of that help the body deal with that better? Oh yeah, we we tell people just to go a lot slower on taking your magnesium and and you know kind of create a balance where you're you're getting the benefit of magnesium but you're not revving yourself up too much. I mean, some people will will feel too revved up and think, "Oh my gosh, the magnesium is making me anxious. Oh my my heart's wow. beating more." Wow, yeah. And so, okay, pull back. Being tired, I mean, the body does want to want to relax and it wants to help you sleep, but you're supposed to be able to sleep better at night, but have more energy during the day. And it, right, I it, sleep it can great. Be the type I have no trouble sleeping. <laughs> I'm like one of the mm-hmm. only hypothyroids in the world that has no trouble sleeping, and I'm never uh, cold. <laughs> I'm always like on fire hot. <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, never cold. Interesting. Yeah. So oh, yeah, when Indiana you take magnesium, you're well, everybody's an individual, you know, we create our right. own reality. <laughs> so you're saying when you take um, magnesium, Tiffany, you, it makes you tired? It makes me tired. I take it before I go to bed because it definitely helps me. There's no question about it. With anxiety and, you know, just feeling, you know, mellow, easy to handle stress mm-hmm. and different things. But I'm I'm mm-hmm. groggy in the morning, like I, and it's, and it's entirely, because I, I take, uh, you know, multivitamins and, and, you know, I have to. I Unfortunately, my body is just, it just doesn't do well without uh, my vitamins. But mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. we had talked to Morley Robbins, and, and I take 120 uh, glycinate, and it just makes me mm-hmm. groggy. So I don't know, maybe I'm taking the wrong type, and, and Dana and I are both PMing back and forth saying we're both going to try the your uh your remag <laughs> but um well, because i definitely is, yeah i feel an improvement but i'm just a little bit um you know groggy and and my single biggest hypothyroid symptom or if that's even responsible you know if that's the problem or whatever uh is my brain mm-hmm. i have you know what i eat uh, will significantly change my thought 
you know, what I'm able to remember uh-huh. or um, cognition and all that. So my my entire weakness is in my is my brain. That doesn't sound good. It doesn't. Okay, then. That, <laughs> okay, that gives me some information to to work on, Tiffany, because um, when it's a bit of brain fog, um, what can happen is magnesium. It it can help the immune system. Um, beat on the yeast a little bit and you could be causing yeast die off and just wake up feeling a bit a bit oh um, and that definitely and brain fog with yeast toxins so uh, what would be helpful is for you go Mm -hmm. ahead no please no i guess well you know what i'm going to say it would just be helpful Ah, uh, okay. So you have type of yeah, sugar the sugars feeding the yeast. Oh yeah, any and and I'm grateful to have been food controlled for you know almost thirty years now, but any mm. teeny teeny type of sugar definitely rocks my boat. <laughs> you know, it's it's not right. a, you know, and I would I had always thought it was because of that diabetic you know uh, predisposition. But, you know, I very frequently question the fact of whether it just throws that yeast, you know, it's like the yeast is there and it just throws it a little bit off, you know. Right. Well, that's possible. Is it type 1 or type 2? Type 2. Type 2. Yeah, I've been food yeah. controlled. Okay, so I, well then, my, you know, my numbers uh, stay good. Yes, you've got it under control. But what's interesting about diabetes is um, magnesium deficiency is one of the signs of diabetes. Yes. So if you were properly saturated with magnesium, it would help your, uh, it would help heal your diabetes, and you wouldn't be so susceptible. But yes, it's it's a combination of magnesium deficiency. But yet, when you do when you're taking the magnesium, it's killing off yeast. What what I personally would do, because I can't tell you what to do. What I personally would do is is go um, a little more strict on a yeast yeast free regimen. Um, the probiotic I recommend is Prescriptus Fist and. It's under my resources if people want to look that up at my Dr. Carol Dean website. And I would I would really go into a bit of a yeast detox so that you didn't have so much yeast so that when you started to slowly saturate your body with with, um, with my Remag, then you would be able to help manipulate your um, blood sugars better and you'd have your yeast under control and, and you'd have a lot less brain fog. I love that. I'm all I'm all over it, Carolyn. I'm I'm <laughs> we were so excited to have you on. Okay, so now to Dana. <laughs> Dana's too high. Her levels, her serum mm-hmm. levels, uh, were high on magnesium. And I don't believe she was supplementing at the time. Were you were you Dana? I was not. Yes I was. No. Yes I was. Right. Well, when someone's under stress, even the stress of having a blood draw can actually pull magnesium out of the stores, like you were saying earlier, pulls it out of the bones and muscles. So, And I don't trust your magnesium at all. Um, one of so my, it kind of floods the uh, bloodstream in that stressful situation. Yeah, it can flood. That's amazing. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One of the er- earlier researchers on magnesium, Mildred Zelig, she worked in a pharmaceutical company, and they wanted her to study people's nutrients before and after they took drugs 
And she found that invariably when, when groups of people took a drug, their magnesium levels became elevated. And she went to the people and said, what's going on? And they poo-pooed it. And she kept studying it. And she finally came to the conclusion that, oh, my gosh, these drugs are so toxic to the body that magnesium dives out to try to metabolize all these drugs to try to get rid of them because um, magnesium is important for the cytochrome P450 detox pathways, et cetera, et cetera. So she said, oh, my gosh, you know, most of the early beneficial reactions to drugs are probably due to magnesium. And, of course, she went to her, you know, the, her bosses and told them, and they poo-pooed it. And they either fired her or she left and became an avid magnesium researcher because she saw the importance of magnesium. So, you know, you take a drug, it causes such turmoil in the body. The body says, oh, we got to protect you with magnesium. And it looks like the drug's working. And But after six or eight weeks, your magnesium becomes so depleted that you stop having that effect, and then the drug side effects really hit you like a ton of hammers. So I totally see the way... And, and this is this has been amazing. Thank you so much, Carolyn. I totally yeah, see the way testing is so unreliable because the body yeah. does so many things in specific situations to compensate mm-hmm. that it's it's mm-hmm. it's highly unreliable. Mm-hmm. That that is just you know. I mean, you mm-hmm. think it kind of pulls out a little bit, but you know the dynamics of it is that it can pull out quite a bit and then and then throw off the mm-hmm. the levels in a, right. in a test. Wow. Right. So with Dana and, and her testing, yes, uh, it would be very interesting for you to get a magnesium RBC test and see see what it is. And and again, you know, knowing that 6.0 is is a better level and, you know, further on that whole magnesium levels I said that 4.2 to 6.8 was the standard. Now, that was a couple of years ago. People are telling me now that their lab is saying that 3.8 to 6 is normal. 3.8, they're dropping it. And it's it's not arbitrary. They're just measuring the sick population and seeing right. the bell curve of the levels. So we're getting sicker and sicker. I mean, that to me is just a... Uh, obvious declaration that we're yeah that we're getting more and more magnesium deficient. Okay, so I have a maybe silly question, uh, maybe not, but I'm pretty sure I know the answer. So I just wanted to make sure what you thought. Um, <laughs> magnesium overdosing. I mean, can can you get can you take too much? I mean, is that even possible? I mean, we're all we, it seems that we're probably all deficient, and we all probably mm-hmm. need some supplementation. But uh, can you can you take too much? I mean, your body probably well, gets, what, um, gets rid of you, the waste or whatever. Yeah, there's that fail-safe of when you take oral magnesium, the fail-safe of, uh, of having the diarrhea. And actually it's an evolutionary uh, precaution where uh, humans grew up around oceans and seawater has three times the magnesium as calcium. Back then, we didn't have you know, dairy products. You know, we didn't have domesticated cows. There was no calcium supplements. So um, the body had to 
develop a mechanism where if you had too much magnesium from your diet, from the seafood, the seaweed and all, you would get the laxative effect. At the same time, it had to produce a mechanism to grab as much calcium as possible for, you know, for your bones and teeth and for clotting factors, um, you know, more than as much as you could get from fish bones. I mean, where were they getting calcium? Fish bones and seaweed. So the mechanism for grabbing calcium, vitamin D. So vitamin D, sunshine, etc. Vitamin D will hold on to the calcium. And what have we done in the past couple of decades? We've given people overdoses of, of calcium to the of point calcium. where it's, it's causing heart disease. We've, we, there must be eight studies showing that women who take calcium supplements are at a higher risk for heart disease. And it's causing breast tissue calcifications, which are mistaken as breast cancer, heel spurs, uh, kidney stones, gall stones, fibromyalgia, and atherosclerosis causing the heart disease just from calcium supplements. And you know, when these studies came out, oh, yeah, maybe we should cut back on calcium. And what popped up, oh, everything's vitamin D deficiency. And you have these lay people writing books about vitamin D and how high-dose vitamin D is curing everybody. And what do I get? I get all the fallout from people who say, oh, my gosh, I, I was okay on my magnesium saturation, but my doctor told me to take vitamin D, and I took 50,000 units, and all oh my, my magnesium deficiency symptoms came back. I've had people talk about seizures, angina, six, eight-week migraines, all their symptoms coming back. Why? Because vitamin D is a hormone. When it's low, it means you have enough calcium. So with the vitamin D, uh, the magnesium mechanism is you require magnesium in order to break down uh, stored vitamin D or supplements of vitamin D to break it down and turn it into the active stage. And you put all that vitamin D into the body, it's going to pull all your magnesium away from its important functions to deal with the vitamin D and give you magnesium deficiency. I did so well, when you talk, <laughs> yeah, get, take a breath, girls. Uh, and then <laughs> with this overdosing on magnesium, I mean, that really doesn't happen. Where some of the, the stories come uh, about is doctors, you know, cavalierly giving high doses of magnesium intravenously and causing heart palpitations because they just flood the body. And, you know, it causes a lot of flushing and it, you know, can cause palpitations just because it disturbs your electrolyte balance, which is what the heart rhythm is, is the balance of electrolytes. So, um, yes, like you were saying, I tell people, look, um, here, are, here are the magnesium deficiency fa- uh, factors. Actually, I have a uh, blog called uh, 100 no, what's it called? Um, I'm looking it up. Gauging magnesium deficiency symptoms. And um, I have 100 factors that can alert a person to the possibility that they're magnesium deficient, heart arrhythmias, anxiety, even anger, angina, drinking uh, 
seven or more alcoholic beverages a week, you know, drinking coffee, all these things drain magnesium. So you can look at these factors and, and judge for yourself, oh, yeah, I'm, I might be magnesium deficient, also knowing that 80% of people are. So then you begin a trial of magnesium. And, you know, most of the people that approached me either um, when I used to do consultations or now um, as customers and, and my radio show that I do to consult with people, um, they're in this, they've been in this downward spiral. They're in total body meltdown. They're very sensitive. And so, yes, you don't want to poke them with a whole bunch of of uh, nutrients, a whole bunch of magnesium that will just stir things up, you want to go really slowly. I mean, in your case, Tiffany, that magnesium may have been enough to to kill off yeast and you wake up with yeast toxins and your brain fog. So everybody is a bit different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So speaking of which, and and we know we've kept you a little bit over and candida is a is a topic, Carolyn, that we probably could cover for a series of ten of ten shows. Mm-hmm. It, are there any mm-hmm. favorites? You know, everybody knows the diet. You know, the carbs, the bread, the drinking, mm-hmm. the sugar, the all these different yeah. things feed yeast. Uh, even kombuchas and fermented foods can can do that. There's mm-hmm. so much misinformation out there, as as you know. So, are there mm-hmm. any besides these? Because I'll tell you, most people say. And I'm sure you hear it from your patients. Oh, Carolyn, please, to restrict all of these foods and do all of this, um, isn't there anything that can help out without doing that? Is that just a flat-out no? Or do you have some favorites that people can, can right. work on while they're working on their diet? Well, I it, know that's a loaded question. Kind- It is, but I mean, I know where you're coming from, absolutely. And, you know, what I tell people is, um, you know, try to keep, um, do 80% of what you can and maybe, you know, try to be clean five days a week and and do what we call it is doing the experiment. So call it an experiment where, you know, you try to stay uh, within the parameters of a yeast-free diet, and these days it's it's not as tough as it used to be because there, you know, there are all kinds of pretty good gluten-free products. But you know, if if you're what having oatmeal in the morning, then you can have some frozen blueberries with it and put some coconut milk on it. That's delicious. And right. oatmeal rolled oats. I mean, they talk about it. Oh, that's gluten. No, it is not. Um, the the reason why oats um, are talked about um, as being glutenized is because they may be packaged in a facility that also packages gluten foods or you know wheat or whatever. So there may be a couple molecules of gluten in your oatmeal. So for most people, oats are fine. Or you can have uh, your poached eggs or some sort of egg and maybe a a gluten-free slice of bread. I mean, that's a decent meal. And then you can have a – I make a macadamia nut pate that I use as a mayonnaise. So a nut pate can be your mayonnaise so you don't have to deal with, you know, sugars and vinegars, you know, white vinegars and things with mayonnaises. And you you mix that with – a wild salmon or wild tuna or, you know, the tongle tuna has less mercury and um, 
organic chicken, chopped up organic chicken, you can use one of those proteins. And then a huge salad with, you know, a bit of sauerkraut in there. And I know you mentioned about fermented foods, Tiffany, but, you know, where people run into problems with fermented foods is they eat them like it's a meal rather than just exactly. using a too few many spoons. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Too much all at once. <laughs> Boom. So, I mean, there, there, there are ways you can eat a very healthy, tasty diet without thinking that you need the sugars. And where right. people um, are crave the sugar, that's the yeast talking. It really is. And then, like I said, you know, try to be um, careful five days, a, six days a week, and then and then go out and have, you know, a beer or have a dessert or whatever, and then see how you feel the next day. Be reasonable. If you feel, you know, smack down, okay, I fed my yeast. I did the experiment. Okay, You're on I'll, that borderline. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. And there, there Do you have any favorite as a Additions, mm-hmm. you know, are there any favorite herbs that you like to add for those problems? Any kind of supplements that you like? Uh, I know um, that you mentioned sure. the probiotics. Yeah, yeah, the probiotics, soil base for sure. Yes, um, um, Padarco tea is a good antifungal tea, and you know, you you put it in boiling water to make sure that you kill any any fungus that may be on the tea, but it's not going to. I mean, Padarco comes from a, trees in South America that um, don't never have uh, mold growing on them so they know they're antifungal and mm. um, so Padarco tea you can make that your tea of choice you can How do you use spell that? that as much P-A-U next word D apostrophe A-R-C-O C-O got it um, garlic uh, with, with my uh, salad dressing which is just uh, what is it? Oh yeah, apple cider vinegar, olive oil, uh, some um, mustard, good, good strong mustard, um, sea salt. Coconut oil is good for for yeast too, correct? Yes. Coconut yeah. oil is good for uh, yeast. Coconut oil is good. I don't, I, I don't know that I'd make a dressing with coconut oil. But, no, because um, it would solidify pate. when it hits your lettuce. <laughs> Ew. It would solidify, right. But anyway, with the my dressing and with the pate, I put in a whole handful of garlic, a handful of garlic. So I love and garlic. You can look awesome. up anti- superfood. Mm-hmm. It's the most awesome superfood. Yeah. We have a lady yeah. out at our farmer's and- market that makes a sugar-free uh, pickled garlic with thyme and rosemary and cayenne um. pepper, and she uses apple cider vinegar. And I'll tell you, mm-hmm. if I feel like I'm coming down with something, I will just eat two of those cloves. They're so tasty, and I, mm-hmm. I hardly ever mm-hmm. get sick. It's the craziest thing. I love garlic. Superfood. Well, that's great. I just use plain garlic. I'll, I'll pop a clove in my mouth if I feel a little scratchy throat. Oh, my. And, you're yeah, a great woman. it takes care of it. But <laughs> you can Google <laughs> you can Google antifungal foods. My list is, you know, cayenne, coriander, turmeric, ginger, cumin, garlic, lemons and limes, onions, daikon, seeds are antifungal, apple cider vinegar, almonds, seaweeds, you know, you can just make them part of your regimen. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No magic supplement, just really good antifungal food. 
I love that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. No magic pill for that, right? No magic pill. Nope. <laughs> no, no, because um, a magic pill, and as I said way earlier on, I and I still do work with bentonite clay, um, psyllium seed to make a gel with the clay, and then liquid caprylic acid. You know, that's my candida detox. And, you know, I'll still work with that. But um, I'm trying to find a, a better balancer because, um, you, see, you see, what I think it is partly is we're not fully digesting our food. You know, we just eat and eat and eat as if we're trying to find the, the answer in our food. But uh, the stress and everything we're under, we, we eat too fast. We're not chewing well. We dilute yeah. our hydrochloric acid in our stomach by drinking water with our meals. And, you know, if we could only 100% digest our foods, then we wouldn't have any leftover food molecules to feed the yeast. And one of the other things I've been working with is um, my protein powder. It is a whey protein powder, but it's it's got, you know, way, way low levels of uh, lactose. And and it's it is being digested so fully that that I, I think that's the answer is is having um, either the foods that are digested fully chewing well you know maybe taking some hydrochloric acid with the meals and working on starving the yeast that way instead of allowing it to grow and then trying to kill it off because it's always going right. to be there. And I know you mentioned something about your uh, the probiotics that you mentioned that being a huge component in in combating candida. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I think I developed a bit of IBS in medical school just from the you know incredible stress. stress yeah. And um, yeah. so I'd had like thirty years of choppy stools, uh, you know, the two or three bowel movements in the morning type of uh, IBS, and after two capsules of this prescript assist my stool became normal it became formed and it's it's maintained that so i really think the soil-based probiotics are awesome that is awesome okay carolyn just a quick question for you is there can people get into trouble with probiotics you know the wrong one too much of something too much of the lactobacilli not enough of the other one can can we get into trouble with those? Yes, I've had people who, when a doctor thinks, oh, you need probiotics, and they give them, you know, billions and billions and billions. You know, you can throw off your your intestinal flora balance. And um, what happened with the whole acidophilus bifidus research is um, those were the easiest to identify in stool. So everybody thought, oh, those are the ones we have to replace. Well, those are the ones that are being kicked out. It wasn't until they started doing small intestinal biopsies and measuring the probiotics that they realized it's really the soil-based probiotics that are are more effective in balancing the intestines. And um, the reason, well, the the public and you know the medical community has not um, has not caught up to that. Uh, that fact about soil based and now that allopathic medicine is right what's that it makes it does make sense it's it's logical yeah right 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 
Yeah, so it, because just to say it's too, you know, acidophilus and bifidus, you know, there there are dozens and hundreds and maybe thousands right. of species. So with soil-based, you know, they they're usually there are 24 that are put, put in the mix. And then oh, what wow. um what happened with the microbiome project where they're trying to elucidate the bacteria in the gut and say, oh, it's all about gut, gut uh, flora balance. And, and um, allopathically, they're introducing fecal flora as the answer. I mean, that's just way over overkill. And um, what's happened there is it makes people think, oh, I have to go to a doctor. I have to get this expensive fecal implant. And what they also have done with the microbiome project is ignore yeast. So people don't have any sense of yeast imbalance in the intestines. It's all bacteria. So, again, yeast is being, you know, shunted to the back of the classroom. Right. Oh, my goodness. That's a whole other show. <laughs> it is no, a whole other uh, show. Uh, <laughs> Yep. Candida could be a I know series too of much. I've been probiotics. around too long, girls. I know too no. much. <laughs> no, I know I where all the awesome. bodies are buried. <laughs> I mean, you must see these new, yeah, you must see these new fancy fangled fads and just go, oh my. Oh, not again. <laughs> not again, yeah. Not again. And that's where I just, um, you know, I don't even go to do lectures uh anymore the internet is so awesome you know i have a i have a following of people that just uh want common sense you know a few things that will help right. them they make sense and they work and that's that's that. my focus because you know it is very frustrating for people when they they follow a doctor go to the website and find a hundred different supplements and knowing to say, well, what am I supposed to do? And every supplement, they so make it true. look like if you don't take this, you're going to die. And it's it's so frustrating for, for people who, unfortunately, they they don't have time to do all their own research. And they, they do want someone to kind of tell them what to do. And I try not to do that. I have so much you know, free educational material so you can make your own decision. But I do make available, um, you know, the the treatment protocol, we're calling it total body reset. Just we have to reset the body because, like we were saying, it's, it's a genius. It knows what to do, but we've forgotten the building blocks. That's true. That's so true. We have forgotten just the basic mm-hmm. building blocks, which how did we get so far off? How did we get where we are? It's very it's crazy, isn't it? Probably well, it's from the, the information. Companies. It's information overload. It's the drug companies. Yeah, it's the drug <laughs> companies. And now um, alternative medicine has become very commercialized, very commercialized. And, and you know, it, you could say that of me as well. You know, I try to just educate people with my, you know, dozens and dozens of books. And I have an online wellness program. And, and people, you know, they just end up saying, I just don't have time to read everything. Just tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. So people are vulnerable to be to- to being told right. what to do. And like I said, if if you go to most doctors, alternative doctors' websites, they just tell you to take 100 supplements, and and that becomes so difficult for, for people to understand. It's very confusing. I mean, I think 
oh, I don't know if it's the right number, but there's like 30,000 supplements out there with all these oh my God. Com- companies clamoring for your attention to buy their right. supplements. So, you know, health has has be, become so commercialized. And then there's the... You know, there's the whole attack on on nutrient supplementation by the uh, allopathic medical community and the pharmaceutical community so that you go to a lot of websites, you think the health website, and they're putting down nutrients and come to find out that they're funded by drug companies. Isn't that sad? Yeah. That would make me angry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, there's big business. I mean, it, we we see it all the time where, you know, you can go to a natural practitioner and they may not be pharmaceutical pushers, but they're, you know, $400 a month in supplement pushers. It's like mm-hmm. it's just taking mm-hmm. a different avenue. Right. So we yeah. love yep. that. We mm-hmm. love the fact that, that you just are so very logical and uh, reasonable because I can tell you that, that patients that don't feel well, they are very appreciative mm. of that simplicity. Mhm. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's got to make sense and you know, a few times you girls said, "Well, that makes sense." And and it's it's got to make sense and also when you take something, it should make you feel better or it should shift you. Like, you know, the it shifted you Tiffany to you know, you feel groggy in the morning. Okay, something's happening. What is that? And then you you figure it out. So, uh when people um, come to me and say, well, I'm taking these 20 supplements and I feel like crap, right. and I say, well, I guess they're not working. Let's try something <laughs> that works. Proof is in the pudding, right? Proof is in the pudding. I yeah. love it. I mean, I can, just, I can just see you when someone comes with you know, all these supplements and whatever. I can just see you shoving a clove of garlic down their throat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. On the radio show on Monday, um, this gentleman called up, and he was trying to regale me on, you know, all the supplements he studied and he was taking, and oh, you know, oh I God. just cut him off, and I said, "Well, why are you, why are you calling why are you me? Calling? Are you feeling well?" <laughs> no, actually, uh, he started off with his whole list of complaints. So uh, right away, when he said, "Oh, I'm taking all yeah. these," and so proud of himself because he knew so much, and I said, "Well, you know, why, why are you taking them? It doesn't sound." <laughs> like they're helping and it's working you know oh man it's so sad you know because he got a large trying hard they're Mm -hmm. trying they're (laughs) trying too hard you know i think Mm. Anna and i always say this at the end of the show carolyn is that you know the body is dynamic we're we're so amazingly made you know you even talked about the adjustments the body will make in certain situations and I think we've mm-hmm. forgotten. We've forgotten really how how dynamic we are and how much information that our body gives us. I love the fact that you spent so much right. time talking about. Listen, you know, how, how is this working? Take an evaluation. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. take some, and if it's not feeling well, then you then you stop. You try a different route. That's so incredibly mm-hmm. logical. But I can tell you, logic <laughs> has become. The the back seat, you know, all of these, all this information right. has forgotten people how to, they've forgotten how to check in with their own dynamic right. diagnostician within, you know. So we, right. I love that. I have enjoyed this so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> Me too. Thank well, you. it's um, not. Um, it's like we've learned to not trust our bodies because right. doctors said. 
you know, patted us on the head and said, I'll take care of you, dear. And it, it happens more with women because women go to the doctor more than men just for, you know, the various functions we have. You know, we need the birth right. control pill. We have to go with, you know, in with our pregnancies. We, you know, we, we go to the doctor more. We're, we're you know, more... Um, willing to ha- try to take care of ourselves with with help but then when the medical community turned to just being a drug-based uh, prescription service then anytime you go to a doctor maybe for something unrelated or with your children and you say yeah i'm so tired and i'm not sleeping oh here's a prescription for a sleeping pill and they get to chart you as a visit they get to charge you for that visit or charge the insurance for a visit and you're you and know you're on the spiral that. taking <laughs> right yeah right. yeah Oh my so yeah, we don't trust our bodies, and and thank goodness for shows like yours because you're you're helping people to to learn more about how to trust their bodies. And for that, I appreciate so much what you're doing. I think it's awesome. Well, thank you. And tell oh. everybody how how they can listen to you. Is it's live right on Mondays? Right, yeah, live two-hour call-in show. So, I mean, oh, I don't my. mind, as you say, going over. I'm used to to ranting on for hours at a time. So, yes, you can go to uh, com and click on the radio button and find out about the show Mondays, 4 p.m. Um, Pacific, uh, AchieveRadio.com, and and my uh, product website is rnareset.com. And under the books section, there are, I think, five or six free e-books that people can learn more and more and more and more. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. Wow. You're just a plethora of fantastic information. This has been so fun and so <laughs> real. We so appreciate Thank you, you joining so us much today. Thank you everything, everything you do. Uh, we we, oh, we and are grateful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the invitation. I uh, thyroid is so huge now and and like I said, I I'll, I'll have a new ebook up there soon about thyroid because I oh, yeah, great. I think a lot of us are missing the boat on it. So thanks again, missing mahalo, aloha and oh all my over goodness. And <laughs> thank well, you so, so much, much Carolyn. Have a have wonderful a day. day there in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. She okay, I have she to say great. it. What am I going to say? <laughs> oh, my, she's your favorite. One of my favorite. She is you could just keep talking and talk. You know what I love the most? She well, besides the about and the Canadian accent, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I love Canadian accents. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know I kept just I kept, logic. I kept texting or messaging Tiffany A B O W T about because I just about, love when we she loved said it. about about Carolyn, we loved it, by the way. We did. We loved it. So logical, right? I mean, it's so overwhelming. How often do we talk about that? So overwhelming, the information, the onslaught of information. You were talking about your friend they were talking to. It's, It's overwhelming. So I love the fact that she's like, well... You know, let's just kind of reel this backwards and and talk about this logically. Testing, yeah, maybe so, but you know, want to trial and errors a little bit. But I just loved it, absolutely loved it. Yay, we got a huge dose of logic today. <laughs> Are you still there? Cool, wasn't it? Oh, I'm here. 
I'm just listening. I'm giggling, listening, you're in a smiling. You I are am. in a flower field right there. I mean, I'm just going to go pop some garlic. I just feel like it now. I just, you know, I can't talk. I just, you know, it's going to happen. I am, too, because we watched ice skating last night, so it was very, very cold. And so I'm going to go Ooh. and eat, like, three cloves of garlic with my breakfast. <laughs> Joe loves it because I'm like a fire-breathing dragon. I'm like, oh. you know, he's like, oh, my God, you ate some garlic. I'm like, I did. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Okay. Um, <sighs> wow, that was really just—that was just what I wanted, you know. It was just—I uh, just—I just loved it. She was great. That was fun, and you can listen she to her. You can call in live on Mondays. That's that's fantastic. You can find her that's at awesome. Dr. Carolyn Dean, as she said, and there's a radio button. I just saw it, so you can check that out. That's so cool. 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 As always, a very big thank you to our listeners. We appreciate it. We do this for you. The show ran a little bit long. We couldn't help it. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you do enjoy our show, we would love a teeny tiny little review on iTunes. Uh, just check it out. Go in, put five stars, and write a little a little ditty about our uh, our show, and uh, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. Make sure right? to check out Thyroid Nation Essentials on Thyroid Nation Radio. Uh, of course, uh, for your holiday giving gifts, they're they're wonderful. We're getting wonderful reviews uh, back on it, and and they smell fabulous, and they're healthy for you, not just for your thyroid um, loved ones, but for people who don't. They're also very beneficial, just a natural, good uh, skincare and some helpful things. So check it out at thyroidnation.com, the Thyroid Nation Essentials tab. Yep, and uh, I have to tell a quick funny since we went over, I might as well. So we have these eight wonderful products, and I was uh, privileged enough to see Isabella Wentz, who we were talking about earlier on the show, and um, I gave her, I, I brought out all the samples that I, you know, I have, all my, you know, mine, and um, I took them with me so she could smell them all and all that, and she wanted to buy them, which I thought was really, really clever and sweet and, and cool and, and just amazing, and I was no way going to let her buy my, you know, my products, so I, I gave them all to her. <laughs> And um, I gave her yours. And I did. I gave her mine, right? And then, and then I think Tiffany saw her, and I think you uh, gifted her uh, a new bottle. And and I was trying to tell her later um, about this this product. It's called Love Potion, and it's for you know just touch and massage and and support. And um, it smells good. It's good for your skin. It's, there's nothing bad in it. And you know, it, it promotes touch and, and some lovely, you and know. And safe percentages. That, Let's throw that in there. Yes. Safe, yes. safe percentages. And, um, so we're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. The and so, throw that in there. And right. so, <laughs> so here I am just, um, I'm about to, to chat her and I'm, and I'm going to tell her a little bit about it. I was, you know, just going to let her know that, you know, it's one of our favorites. And this is what I was about to type. Uh, and then I. I typed it and then I deleted it and I think it's really funny. So I want to share it live so you can hear me say it and uh, it'll be funnier. So I said, I I was about to type this to Isabella Wentz, Dr. Isabella Wentz. So you're going to love this love potion. Um, And Trav wanted me to tell you that, um, that he um, likes to use it in the shower. (laughs) That we both like to use it in the shower. And so I thought that doesn't sound right. You know, like, Okay, so basically I had to rewrite it and put, okay, this is great for your skin, 
and um, it's very hydrating. And we like to, when we're in the shower separately, before we get out of the shower separately. Yeah, because the name, the name could definitely take you in the wrong place. That's so <laughs> And so I'm typing it all out and whatever. And then I was like, wait a minute, i got to rewrite that. So anyway, I didn't want her to think that I was trying to promote something else with my, with my love question. So anyway. <laughs> so funny. Okay, that's my little... That's oh my, my funny God. for the day. That is I just funny. want to throw it in. I love that. Since we were referring to her uh, during the show, I even Family chatted her during the show. Yes. I don't know. You know, so, um, yeah, Dr. Isabella Wentz, she's one of our favorites. Okay. Make sure to follow yes, Thyroid Nation is. at thyroidnation.com on Facebook. We're all over social media. And check out our Facebook group, um, Hoshies and Graves. Just type that in and it'll pop up awesome we've said it before we're going to say it again we're going to keep on saying it dr dr carolyn dean said it listen to your body that dynamic diagnostician that is exclusive to you pay attention listen to it when you eat with your lifestyle with supplements with medication with all kinds of things pay attention your body is brilliant give it some credit and plug back in and listen to it Please. Yep. Please, please, please. We're begging you. Be mindful of what it is screaming at you. Right? That's right. That's right. Meditate okay, guys. with yourself. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank Meditate. you. Smile. Uh, this is Dana, your Thyroid Nation Green Gatika from the States. <laughs> Not so sweet. And Tiffany Morlandich of GratefulGarden.biz. In bringing the Joshua Tree slash Yucca Valley. Oh well, <laughs> sorry. Well, and and wait a minute. Are we gonna um, are we gonna ever change your name? Like we're gonna have to change that, right? Are you gonna completely get rid of? Yes, exciting cards? things. Exciting things yes. coming up. Yes. 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 Okay. So we're so we'll we're evolving, and we have exciting things from Dr. Isabella Wentz coming up. We have yes, so we many. Exciting things for 2017. We do. It's going to be a smoking year. Wait. Let's put it out there. It is. <laughs> it's doing it. It's going to be my 20-year re- um, uh, reunion, um, wedding anniversary, too. So it's a great, going to be a great oh, wow. year. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. We, uh, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Bye. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>